Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Deborah Coviello uh, on the show today. Uh, welcome, Deborah. All right. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Really, really glad you're you're on the show here today. And I just want to tell you a little bit about Deborah. Deborah is a founder of Illumination Partners, uh, a business centered on growing uh, leadership to grow companies. Um, it's the creator. Uh, she's a creator of the Drop Drop In CEO podcast and has over 20 years of uh, strategic leadership roles. And I guess in the times we're in right now, and will continue to be in for, for, for many months and years, I'm, I'm sure, uh, more than ever before, Deborah, we, we need leadership. And uh, But the question is, so what kind of leadership is relevant right now? Um, now, I know you interview lots of CEOs and I just be wonderful to get your insight to what they're saying and and how you're articulating that to to the now. Yeah. So Julian just thank you for the opportunity to share some of my thoughts with you and much success on the podcast and your journey. Uh, before the show we were talking about how much we enjoy connecting with our audience so I look forward to being able to support you and connecting in the right way. Uh, when I think about all the people I'm interviewing on my podcast and based on my experience, you know, I wonder if it's simply I gravitate towards these types of leaders or this is what I'm seeing out there. And I actually named my course around this human-centric leadership, human-centric. I keep hearing the words about humans first, servant leadership. Uh, mm. How can I remove barriers and serve my people? You know, this is the difference between managers and leaders. Managers can technically do the work. They can jump in and save the day, manage any crisis. But at the end of the day, is the organization any better for it? And true leaders versus managers are supposed to leave a lasting impact not only on the teams that we support, the customers that we support, but ultimately being memorable and leaving a legacy. And because we come and go, and we should come and go, we need fresh set of eyes on circumstances. But while we're there, the leaders that I speak to are working to elevate their people on their team. So trying to work with their mindset, understanding how to interface with others, understanding people's gifts that they bring when they show up at work, everybody wanting to do a good job and mm. developing those essential skills to not only elevate themselves, have a voice, know what they stand for. Mm. And I guess achieving the results of the organization through people, with people, because ultimately they're going to remember you for that and they're going to be a better place to survive not only the day today and the next crisis. So human-centric leadership is what I see as prominent in what is needed today. Uh, and I, I mean, obviously, we are obviously humans and and I, I, I get that. Um, and do you not think that's what's been happening for many years or do you think that people have been so caught up with i guess the the financials or the profits or or the operational side is is as human side not been there already i mean or do you think it's been more put into the 
forefront because of uh, the recent crisis? It's interesting. And I'd love to respond to that question in that it could be a matter of circumstances, the circle of communities and leaders that I've been around, or maybe it is everybody. But when you're in operations or sales, the bottom line or top line is very, very critical because we need to demonstrate short-term results for the sustainability and survivability of a business. That's critical. And stakeholders, shareholders, mm -hmm. we're so attuned to keeping people heads down, reach that target, get that result, because that's how we're judged on an annual basis. But I have not seen it in many organizations, but there is light because I've interviewed some culture leaders that really, if we were to lead in how we manage people in developing their personal skills, team skills, leadership, strategic skills, developing those skills are an investment in the future. And I have seen leaders on my show that will focus on the essential skills of their people, lift them, develop them, because I will give you an example. I am mentoring somebody very special to me who I mm -hmm. met through the American Society for Quality, very talented, technically wants to move up. But what they found, you know, they said, oh, I want to reach this target. Oh, I want to reach this promotion. But we found that along the way, they lost their confidence and there was nobody there to help understand how to, where is their confidence in the spectrum and how to get it out of there? Because they said, if I can get my confidence back, the rest is easy. So why don't we as leaders spend more time on those essential skills, how we show up? Yes, technical skills and results are important, but isn't that a greater investment now? And making that to the forefront in our performance evaluation process, mm -hmm. make it daily, weekly, more routine than a single event or twice a year. I wonder, would we get better economical results for everybody? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I think for years I've always heard uh, the sort of slogan of, you know, you know, our people are our greatest asset. And um, <laughs> I believe it I believe it to be true. I really do believe it to be true. Um, but I've not in many organizations I've worked in personally over time experienced that. And um, interesting, I, I remember I worked for, um, for Johnson & Johnson for a number of years and they have a, a credo and it's interesting how it's almost up upside down uh the people are at the top as in they're more interesting about their people mm. and their profits are at the bottom and it's funny this is over nearly 30 years ago and at the time i it probably didn't really sink in of to the magnitude of how powerful that really was really because actually if you focus on the people and you develop the people and you give the resources and, and talent uh, development and everything along the way, the bottom line will follow. And obviously Johnson Johnson is a very successful business. Yeah. Um, and I, I moved on from there, but they actually looking back on reflection, thinking actually I, I missed a great opportunity probably to stay in an organization. And I guess it's that challenge. And I know people are in that challenge right now where, you know, they've got to hit some financials because they've perhaps financially been hit from various situations. How do they balance that almost the human centric side yeah. with the, I've got this run rate of sales revenue to maintain. It's a, it's a really tricky balance, isn't it? Yeah, I would love to respond to that. And, you know, I think it's a matter of simple, a simple, mindset 
of discipline and accountability. I mean, if you set your alarm to go to the gym or take a walk every day because that is important to you, if you have a meeting structure to get certain results in sales and operations or customer service, you make it a priority to have that accountability in your schedule. But I think a leader has to think about, and why don't I make time in my schedule for one-to-ones to just check in with my people and see how they're doing? Do I bring it you know, front of mind, are my people developing their skills? I think we just have not embraced the fact that it is a priority for our Mm -hmm. leaders. I mean, I only later in life, and I will say that I'm an evolution as well. I love having technical leaders around me, but I came to the same conclusion. People are the greatest tool in your toolbox, because if you can help people um, have confidence, have a better message for influencing when they're trying to give information and get an action, sometimes a course correction, just giving that coaching in, I need, I want, I propose, I believe, because this is the impact on the bottom line, telling them how to use certain words to get an action based on the language of business can instantaneously change the influence and the presence of the people. Those are simple course corrections. Could you not put an hour in your calendar, a week or a month to meet with your team members and just one, just check in, how are you doing? Mm. Do you care? And then also let's start with what's on your mind in terms of your development, examples where I've seen you perform. I think if we make it a discipline practice and then over time you build up the behavior that it just becomes routine, I think leaders will see tremendous results, but it starts with them and making it a priority. Yeah, and it's and it's like that. It's, it's putting that discipline in, which will then will create the behavior, isn't it? Um, and then ultimately that becomes just who they are. Um, I guess, have you dealt with leaders? I'm sure you have who I think they get it, but they just can't seem to get to that place. And perhaps the discipline probably feels a little bit, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's false. I wouldn't say it's a forced, but there's nothing wrong with that. But how, how have you changed the sort of mindset? Have you got them to a place where actually the they are doing it as a, and, and sort of buying into it rather than just, oh, yes, I need to do it. I know I need to do it, but I just can't do it. Or I just don't you know. I don't know what it is. It's something they're just stuck somewhere. Is it, have you sort of experienced leaders with that or over time? So that's a great question. I'm actually working with a client right now where I'm technically helping tell excuse me, helping two quality leaders within an organization, one more senior to the other. What I have found is that I show up providing them, you know, an understanding of the current state and how to move them. And I can technically tell them what to do. But I find a difference in these leaders. One simply wants the tools to execute the plan. The other one is highly aware of how they show up in the world and how they can get better results by interacting with people. Mm. These two leaders, even though I've asked the same questions, hey, how are you feeling? What kind of impact? How can I help you? Do you have any conflict or barriers? This person Mm. wants to know how they can have greater impact. So it starts first with a leader to have the awareness that I can't keep doing the same thing. I need to do something different. If they don't have that awareness, I can keep providing them feedback. Have you considered this way of presenting this information? Mm. If they're still focused on the task, I'm not able to influence them. I can 
suggest it, but at the end of the day, I'd rather work with that individual that says, hey, can you look over that email before I send it out? Because mm. they're hungry to be able to have higher impact. And mm. so um, if a leader wants to adopt that change, um, I think they need to start with themselves. Why am I here? Why am I yeah. leaving? What am I doing for my people? And if they haven't stopped, paused, worked with a coach or just anybody mm. to just think about it, sometimes, unfortunately, they are changed they are asked to leave the organization and then they're forced mm. into a place that they have to think and reevaluate their leadership style. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, I think that's right. It's having that sort of willingness, isn't it? And that sort of self-awareness that actually mm. I need. And that, there's a vulnerability comes with that because as a leader, yes. um, there's always a sense of you feel you need to know everything, do everything, be the expert. And soon as you say that word, I need some help which is in essence what they're sort of doing, they feel a sense of uh, powerless or that they're not being a leader, which is completely wrong because <laughs> actually, you know, if you go back to like Brené Brown talks about, you know, a whole sort of courage. I know you've been any, any of Brené Brown's, I'm a big, big fan of Brené Brown. And um, the whole courage piece is all about that sort of vulnerability where you step into the arena without a sense of, success or failure as in you don't know what's going to happen there's that sense of unknown and that's true leadership that's being courageous where you're thinking i'm just going to step there because that's what i need to do um without that sense of i know everything you know i wish every person hr person business leader will always have success or see life as a set of successes and they learn from any misfortune i don't like to talk mm. about failures. But I do think every leader has to have some kind of reset or mm -hmm. a pause or get let go from a situation because sometimes we need to be shocked into a situation and full transparency and we're live. I have been let go from companies. Mm -hmm. And each time, I like what you talked about before we jumped on here about that resiliency. True leadership comes from, do I at least pause a little bit and say, is there anything I could have done differently? And mm. maybe no, maybe the situation no longer called for your services. Or do you take a position of self-accountability? Don't blame anybody else. Is there one thing or many things we could have yeah. done differently to be more aware about our impact? I would absolutely suggest think about yourself first before pointing the finger in other directions. Personal accountability, having a time to reflect on your leadership style is actually a good thing to restart and continue to be successful. I really like that. I, I really like that that sort of um, accountability because uh, often when we get let go or something doesn't happen, there's a sense of actually, um, if you if you create an accountability and you create a sense of self-awareness that comes from that, uh, you start to become a bit more resourceful of, of the situation. And actually in that reflection, you can probably gain tons of insight to why and whatever, and that will build. And, and it's 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 not about looking back and on the doom and gloom of the negative, but actually using that as a stepping stone for that going forward, which is obviously where you build resilience. But I think it gives that, wake up call to actually you weren't quite doing it for whatever reason i've been in a situation as well where it's not been quite right and actually on reflection you go that is why i didn't see it at the time but now i see it and i'm going to learn from that and that's really important um and i think that going back to the the human centric leadership it's 
it's always, I think it's always a challenge. And I've worked for organizations and I've worked for CEOs who on paper, I say on paper, on, on the PL, very successful. Um, however, I've created cultures that is just dreadful. And it's really hard to penetrate that because they would deem themselves they've been successful because they're hitting the numbers, the revenue, the target profit. And from their point of view, and then there's lots of people leaving, culture's awful, you know, everything's disengaged. But and it and it's really because it's not always the case that where the culture's bad and there's negative impact. Actually, there can be successful leaders out there in terms of success, as in making the money, uh, but actually they're not very human centric and they're not very focused on the people. And it's it's always a challenge I find to cut through to that and get to that place because you know, to hold a mirror up when their their KPIs are literally, well, I'm doing okay, right? Well, actually, you're not. <laughs> you know, if you, if you want to go there, yeah, you can continue to operate that way. We elevate leaders that get the results. And yes, I there are many leaders that work really hard, and maybe they're also doing it through their people. But what happens in a time of crisis? You lose a major customer. There's a pandemic. People are scrambling to get the results. And those superstars may not be as great as we thought, because in crisis, you need to bring people together to try mm-hmm. to keep the supply chain going to satisfy the customers. And in a great culture, even if they know maybe they're going to lose their job, but you've got great leadership, people will come together. Your customers will be satisfied. No disruption in supply chain versus those that didn't take the time to check in. Are my leaders portraying, modeling the right um, culture? Because if you don't invest now before you have a problem, when you have a problem, it's going to manifest itself in a tsunami of problems. And that's how companies go under. I have been fortunate in my business to work with business leaders that were essential services Mm -hmm. to continue through the pandemic. And yes, they've got to scramble. But the people rallied. Even one of the sites shut down. But they knew that. They Mm -hmm. rallied until the end and continued to service the customer. Those are human-centric leaders, the ones I like to work with. Some of the others that were just results oriented, they're letting people go. And maybe they should have had a crystal ball a little bit earlier. Invest in their leaders with consulting services just to check in. Is there anything we need to fine tune? Or maybe we leave ourselves vulnerable and discover something that maybe we didn't acknowledge in the leader. What do you think? <laughs> no, I, I think and it, 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 the word that pops into my head is that being human centric is sustainable um it creates a sustainable model sustainable leadership um when you get hit by adversity uh whatever that may be pandemic or loss of business or challenges in the marketplace having your people engaged who who are you who are trusted and you're empathetic and you're open and all those things factors um will galvanize and come together and i agree with you being human human centric makes that sustainability rather than people just jumping because there's no engagement and thinking oh the six the the, the ship's sinking i'm off but actually no we want to pull together um is there anything else you want to add to that in terms of uh, that sustainability piece well there's a few things i mean i just want to cite um first of all um I have the good fortune of working with amazing business leaders, ones that I bring on my podcast, but also my consulting business. It may be just a matter of gravitating, but I will tell you, we need a few more business leaders out there that just have that awareness that let me do a health check now on my organization. Do I have the right culture? Even if I'm doing fine in business, are my leaders set up 
uh, for the future. You know, we can also connect with HR leaders because sometimes a great HR business partner has the pulse of the culture. And if they just want to provide some extra value to their leadership team, uh, they might be able to suggest, you know, let's just check, let's evaluate our values. Mm -hmm. Let's do a 360 to whatever, go deep and wide and not just a paper survey, but something intimate to really tease out how people are thinking. Uh, do they enjoy the work, et cetera? I think that's so incredible. And, and if I could just add one more thing, you know, we address issues process improvements in organizations through people, process, and tools, so traditional and it does work. But I think when a true human-centric leader, when they come together, new teams, growing teams, integrated teams, they need to think a little bit beyond that. Think about the, the pride that people have, the intellectual property that they bring forward from their previous job and work, understand those treasures, and understand their past. And I equate that to their culture because we're diverse. We have multi cultures coming together. Leaders need to assess the landscape on the treasures and the past of the people before we even start going into a situation to solve a business problem or move the business forward. Mm -hmm. I, those are some things that I've been talking a lot in my talks. And I just wanted to share that with your, your audience. No, that's great. And I appreciate that. And uh, I thank you for your your um, talking about human centric. I'm I'm all for it. I, I think it's the way to be uh, focus on people, focus on being empathetic and vulnerable. Uh, I think that's the way we need to lead right now uh, and to galvanize teams. Um, so, Deborah, how can people get in touch with you in terms of if they want to get involved in your your services that you offer? So thank you for that. And this has been a great conversation. Um, much success on your podcast and look forward to uh, seeing our conversation and sharing it with all of our, our followers. I um, am very active on LinkedIn, Deborah A. Coviello. Uh, my website is dropinceo.com. And then you can go to my contact page. Uh, would love to connect with people. Just have a conversation. It starts with building those connections, human-centric. And then we can just see where support and collaboration goes from there. So just thank you for this opportunity and continued success. Brilliant. Thank you, Deborah. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you.